Who's ready to rock today, Fire Nation? JLD coming at you with November 2018's income report. We have some cool things we're going to be chatting about today. A lot of virtual working during our 60-day European trip chatter that uh, we have going on. We, of course, have Josh and David, our team of great lawyers and accountants that we're going to be bringing on today to chat with. And as always, Kate is in the house to uh, drop some value bombs as well. And real quick, our little income at a glance before we dive into some more specifics for November was gross income of $144,622. Our total expenses, $25,934 for a total net profit of a little over $118,000, which is a drop of $33,000 from October, which is interesting because we actually spent all of October in Europe and only the first week of November in Europe. So we'll get into some of those specifics a little bit and so much more. But uh, first off, let's just dive straight in with our accountant who is standing by, Mr. CPA on fire himself. Josh is in the house with his monthly tax tip of pure fire. So Josh, say hello to Fire Nation and tell us what you have going on today. Yeah, what's up, Fire Nation? I uh, thought things got real formal here because you said Josh and David are on, and my middle name is David, and I thought you were calling Ooh. me Joshua David. <laughs> <laughs> Am I in trouble or what's Joshua David? <laughs> you stick to the point. So, no, happy to be back on the podcast. And this month's tip works well with what you and Kate just did since you just got back from right. 60 days in Europe. And we're going to talk about how people can turn those overseas trips into a big tax deduction. Ooh. And it's not quite a Puerto Rico type situation, which we all know is amazing. But for people who want to go overseas or have the ability to go overseas, right? A lot of Fire Nation, they're location independent entrepreneurs that can work anywhere they want. If they go overseas for up to 11 months of the year, at least 11 months of the year, they have the potential to get a massive tax deduction. And the first thing I want to say, I want to clear up some confusion here, because a lot of people think that if they're outside of the U.S., they don't owe the U.S. any taxes, all right? And unfortunately, that is not true. The U.S. is one of only two countries in the world that feels that they have the right to tax your worldwide income, okay? So even if you go and actually live permanently outside of the United States, if you are a U.S. citizen, the United States expects you to pay taxes on any money that you earn. So that's the unfortunate news. The good news is there is a potential loophole here. Okay, and that loophole is that if you spend at least or more than 330 days in a foreign country, up to $104,100 of your ordinary income can be completely tax free in the United States. Okay, so quick example let's say that you have your online business, you can work anywhere in the world, you decide to go work on the beaches of Costa Rica for an entire year, you make a profit of $150,000 in your business you are only going to pay ordinary taxes on $45,900 of that income. The oh. rest will be completely taxed for the U.S. Sounds pretty awesome, right? I'm in. <laughs> All right. You just had to extend your, your European vacation out to another <laughs> 10 months or so. So, no, let's talk about how you qualify for this. And really, it's, it's actually pretty simple, right? You simply have to spend more than 330 days outside of the U.S., but they are super strict on that, okay? You cannot spend 329 days and qualify. And even things like traveling over international waters by plane or boat, that's going to count as a day in the U.S. So it has to be 
full days completely outside of the U.S. You can travel between countries. You can go anywhere you want outside of the U.S., but you have to be 100% out of the U.S. for 330 entire days or more. Okay, so easy to qualify, but super strict on meeting those qualifications. Now, real quick, just to jump in, because I'm curious, I'm assuming they're so strict on that because they're saying, okay, if these individuals are not going to be paying, you know, federal tax, then, you know, we want to make sure that they're not actually using like our roads, our electricity, our resources, all these different things. Is that the main reason why they're doing this forced 330 outside or is there that and additional reasons? I think that's exactly right. They're, they're saying, look, you, you will give you this tax break, but we want you to be truly outside of the U.S. and not using these things that these taxes go towards. So yeah, let's talk a few more things you need to know about this. And the first key component you need to understand is that this is only an exemption from ordinary taxes. That means those Social Security and Medicare taxes, which you may know as payroll taxes or self-employment taxes, are still due to the U.S., okay? So you have to pay that portion of your taxes. The second thing is that this exemption only applies to earned income. That means two things. First, dividends, interest, and capital gains do not qualify for the exclusion, okay? This is simply income that you earn, The second big thing to know with that is that the entity you choose for your business becomes even more important because S-Corps, for example, which we recommend most businesses, profitable businesses get into, the actual earnings are not going to be considered earned income. So those won't qualify. Now, there's ways around that. You simply up your salary, do things like that. But you need to know going in what does and does not qualify so you can make sure that you're putting your income towards the things that do qualify. And finally, the big question What about taxes owed to the country that you're living and working in? And that part gets tricky and depends entirely on the details of your situation, such as where you're at, how you're earning the income. Okay, so this is a amazing benefit. If if you have a business that you can work anywhere, you've always felt the desire to go outside of the U.S., spend some time outside of the U.S., you can get that $104,000 excluded from your income. But as you can see from this quick synopsis here, there is a lot involved. There's a lot of moving parts. So as with anything we talk about, but especially something like this, you've got to talk to a qualified person. Make sure you're hitting everything you need to hit, documenting everything you need to document, and making your income eligible for the exclusion. All make sense? All makes sense to me. Cool. So yeah, next year we're going to get you uh, get you over to Europe for 11 months, right? <laughs> so just to be clear though, Watch out. Um, American territories, uh, what, are, what are those? Do those fall into counting as time in US, like Puerto Rico, Guam, US Virgin Islands? Yeah. So again, that, that, that's a situation that's going to depend because a lot of them like Puerto Rico have their own tax system. So you could be paying Puerto Rico instead of the United States, but most likely in the US territories, you're going to be just under the US guidelines and tax Uh, rules. Yeah. It really just seems to me, and Josh, maybe expound upon this a little bit, but a key component here is the amount of money that you can exclude. So like $104,100 free of any ordinary income tax. So like when you and I are back in like 2015, 2016, we're talking tax strategies. You know, we said, well, listen, this is an opportunity, but you know, for me who was making, you know, two, $3 million a year, a very tiny percentage of my overall income would have been able to be excluded and I would have had to be out of you know the beautiful United States of America for 330 days. So in my situation, it didn't really make a ton of sense. It seems to me like the perfect sweet spot is for anybody that A, wants to live in a foreign country for 330 plus days of the year and B, 
is making anywhere from you know thirty thousand to maybe one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars. Because then a big part, if not all, of that earned income is going to fall under this. Where if you start making two fifty, three fifty, five fifty, you know, up to you know seven figures in revenue, then just remember that you know it's going to get a smaller, smaller percentage that you're going to be able to actually you know, take that one hundred four thousand dollars out. And that's where you start thinking of things like Puerto Rico as just the overall better solution for those high, high income earners. So anything you want to add to that, Josh? I'm just wondering when you're going to sit for your CPA exam because you nailed that perfectly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's exactly right. It, it's for people right around that 200,000 range that, that want to live overseas. You're going to get a huge benefit from it. The high earners, you want to look at something more like the Puerto Rico situation. Yeah. And there's a lot of flexibility, not not turning this into a Puerto Rico pitch, but you know, there's a, there's a difference between 330 days, which is a ton. And K9, you know, we're at 183, which is pretty sweet. So I mean, and plus 30 of those 65 days that we spent in Europe, Josh, were counted towards Puerto Rico because 30 of your non-US days also count. So technically you're at, at 153 days per year. You need to be on island. So just kind of bring that up quickly to say there's there's a lot of options. Costa Rica's amazing. Go live there for 330 plus days of the year for something like this. And then the more revenue you start to bring in, you want to start thinking about maybe some other opportunities too. So Josh, bring us home, brother. Yeah, no, they can reach out to me anytime. Fire Nation, you have questions, shoot me an email, josh at cpmfire.com. Check out our website, cpmfire.com. And I actually have a special website that's dedicated solely to this foreign earned income exclusion that they can get more information at 330days.com. 330days.com. I feel like you've been listening to me over the years, Josh, about branding and all this stuff because you are crushing it in that area. So keep up the heat in Fire Nation, please. Josh has been, you know, our secret agent here for like coming up on like five years now. I mean, that's why we've been able to do a lot of things we've done as far as business and in keeping the money that we actually make, et cetera, et cetera. So this is an important part of your business. Reach out to him. He's as nice and genuine as he sounds on this income report in person. So Josh at CPAonfire.com. Reach out to him and make it happen. Take advantage of all of his great resources. And Josh, we'll catch you next month, brother. Thanks. Peace. So Fire Nation, after that mind-blowing share right there, we have an incredibly exciting uh, next segment from David Lizerbram. And wait for it. Hold on to your seats. It is called Standard Non-Disclosure Agreements. But if anybody can make that worth listening to, it is my man, David. So David, what's up, brother? And take it away. Hey, everybody. Happy holidays. And I have one question for you. Did your letter to Santa Claus include a non-disclosure agreement? Well, if not, then you should pay attention because non-disclosure agreements are the topic of uh, today's income report legal tip. So there might not be any more critical tool for new companies and entrepreneurs than a solid non-disclosure agreement. Generally speaking, these documents allow a company or an entrepreneur to share secret information with other parties while legally prohibiting those parties from spreading the information to a wider audience. Non-disclosure agreements, which are also known as NDAs, can be used for a variety of purposes. So you might want to share financial information, marketing plans, new technologies, or confidential business processes, just for example. Having outsiders sign an NDA is also a near necessity in order to protect trade secrets. So what makes a non-disclosure agreement strong? We're going to talk about some of the most crucial clauses that should be included in any good NDA. Number one you got to define the parties. So that may sound like an obvious point. Don't all agreements spell out the parties involved? 
Well, in NDAs, the parties need to be defined with great clarity. So let's say you enter into a standard non-disclosure agreement. I'm going to call you Company A. And you're, this agreement allows you to share conf- confidential information with Company B. The term Company B needs to be defined so that you know the group of individuals that can access your information. Does the term Company B include all of its employees or only its executives? What about independent contractors and outside vendors? These decisions need to be spelled out in the NDA document so the parties know exactly who can and cannot view your confidential information. Number two is you need to specify what is quote-unquote confidential information. Standard non-disclosure agreements are clearly intended to protect confidential information, but the meaning of that term will vary in different situations. Not surprisingly, these clauses could and in many cases should be lengthy and complex because the key is to clearly articulate exactly what's being protected. So there's no question regarding what information, if anything, can be shared by outsiders. Again, you don't want to have somebody sign a non-disclosure agreement and then have them disclose it and find out, well, it wasn't clear exactly what, what was and what was not confidential in the document. Number three is you want to clarify whether the non-disclosure agreement is mutual or unilateral. So that just means does the obligation of confidentiality extend to both parties or just one? Typically, this has to do with whether both parties are sharing confidential information with each other or if, let's say, you're the only one sharing the confidential information, the other one is just receiving it, then all the obligations should fall on the other party because they're receiving and they have to keep it confidential. Uh, Next tip is that you want to set the duration. Many parties forget to negotiate the term of the NDA. In other words, how long the obligation of confidentiality is supposed to last. This is another factor that will vary from case to case. So, for example, if the confidential information that's being exchanged is a marketing plan, the contract term should be at least as long as it'll take to execute that plan. In contrast, if the confidential information relates to let's say, a complicated business process that you intend to follow for the foreseeable future, then you want that document to last for years and years. And it's just really important to be careful about this. Finally, you want to lay out the terms in the event of a breach of the agreement. A solid NDA should spell out exactly what happens if the party you give your confidential information to shares that information with others. In many situations, monetary damages, so money, will not be sufficient because what you really want is for your secrets to remain secret. So the typical remedies clause is one that calls for, quote, injunctive relief. Basically, this allows you to ask a court to immediately stop the dissemination of confidential information through what's called an injunction. While seeking this kind of relief can be burdensome without such a clause, the process will be much more efficient if the right contract language is in place. So again, you want to make sure that your document, your non-disclosure agreement is up to your high standards. These days, many people I see are tempted to just download any old NDA off the internet and put it into use for their business. That's a risky proposition because many of those, quote, template or free online agreements omit some of these critical clauses. If you have questions about developing a solid non-disclosure agreement for your company, Please feel free to contact me at lizardbramlaw.com. Thanks a lot, and I will talk to you in 2019. 
All right, David, as promised, you delivered. Thank you for rocking the mic and Fire Nation. Just make sure that you're taking all of this stuff to heart because I don't want you to work so hard just to have one silly mistake or exclusion or just thing, have it taken all away. So it's important that we are checking all of these blocks. That's why we bring you people like Josh and David onto these income reports to make sure you're running a complete, full, protected business. Now we get to bring in the lovely Kate Erickson, who has been incredibly patiently doing her nails while she's been listening. And now she gets to talk about what went down in November. Goodbye, Europe. Hello, Puerto Rico. Kate, hello. Hi. I wish I was doing my nails. (laughs) Oh, you weren't? I I thought I heard something over there like, I don't know. Okay. (laughs) That would be cool. Next time I will multitask. But (laughs) I was soaking up all the great information from Josh and David. Um, But yeah, wow. Can you believe that we've been home for a month? No, not at all. That seems crazy. I mean, actually, in some ways, I do feel like we've been home for a month. In other ways, I feel like we just left Lisbon, (laughs) which was our final stop on our 60-day European adventure. So this month, it's going to be the last month that we talk about our European adventure. Until next year. Um, Until next year. Absolutely. Uh, But, you know, actually, I'm still working on our travel page, (laughs) which has a recap of, well, actually, I did a travel journal when we were gone. So I am posting that over at eofire.com forward slash travel. If you want to check that out, Um, you can get way more details that I'm going to talk about now. But Lisbon was our last stop. And holy cow, was it ever beautiful. Um, John, we learned tons about we learned tons about the history there, um, especially that earthquake and the tsunami that followed, which basically wiped out the entire city. Super interesting to hear how much of their foundation is literally rooted in the aftermath of that because they basically took and redid the entire city after that earthquake and tsunami. Um, Wow, it's really cool to go to different places and see how so much of like their current standing and what you experience when you visit there is a result of like these massive tragedies. Um, But while we had a great opportunity to explore castles and museums and stroll through parks and we even got to zip around on lime scooters. (laughs) (laughs) That was my first experience on a lime scooter. How cool is that? Um, But we've got a couple really cool pictures over on the post that accompanies this income report, which is over at eofire.com forward slash income six three. On November 6th, we said goodbye to Europe and we made our way back to the eofire studios. And I'd say overall, our transition back home was pretty darn smooth. Don't you think so? It was smooth. You know, we just have a great team in place, making sure that everything's still running well back at the crib when we're gone. And so it was just kind of like we walked in, put our suitcases down and fell asleep. (laughs) That is truth. Um, I don't feel like the jet lag was nearly as bad as I expected it to be, though, which was kind of nice. I mean, stopping in Libsyn, Libsyn. (laughs) (laughs) Free shout out for Libsyn. (laughs) 
stopping in Lisbon um, gave us the opportunity to kind of get a little bit closer to our time zone here in Puerto Rico and with the time change and yada, yada, yada. Anyhow, we did jump right back into things um, getting back here in Puerto Rico. We were right back in the studio, jumping back into doing things like this income report and all the incredible master classes that you've been hearing on EO Fire. Um, kudos for that, John. I feel like what we're now at three episodes a week. Yeah. December was a busy month. (laughs) Super cool. Um, well, yeah, that's kind of a wrap on coming back to Puerto Rico. I mean, we had so many lessons learned from our travels and kind of looking at our daily life and business, uh, from a different lens, which I'm going to be talking a bit about in the lessons learned for this income report. But John, do you have anything to add about, uh, wrapping up our trip? No, I think it was just overall a shocking uh, success story from that trip is we didn't have one travel disaster, you know, knock on wood. But I mean, we took trains, planes, automobiles, cruise ships, and you just got to expect there's just one like massive delay that causes a chain reaction of something, one, you know, screwed up um, Airbnb check-in, something. And we were so fortunate. I mean, it does have a lot to do with prior planning. Both Kate and I are very good at that. And so we had that dialed in and things just went smoothly. So we're very grateful for that. And it's just crazy and awesome that we can live in this world where, you know, we can literally stay in 13 Airbnbs around Europe, not have one flaw, not have one hiccup, you know, travel around on cruise ships and line bikes and and scooters and you name it. And it it just all works. So I just love this world that we live in. To me, it's just getting cooler and more fun and just the ability, you know, to have this phone. And that's one thing that I actually thought of when I left for San Diego. I went for a week just last week when we're recording this is I would leave, you know, my friend's place in downtown San Diego with just my phone And from just that phone, you know, I have my credit card like slotted into the case. I had everything that I needed. I could call up an Uber and get taken anywhere. I could, you know, jump on a Lime scooter and go anywhere. I could do this and that and all from my, I could, you know, stop at a coffee shop, sit down and conduct business via email and Skype and Zoom and all these different things. And all I needed was my phone. So just as crazy about, you know, how one area you say, you know, the phone is like, controlling us and it's, it's doing all this stuff. In some ways, man, it is setting you free too, on, depending on how you use it. Like it allows me to go out, explore the city, have so much fun and then sit in a cafe, have a quick meeting that I would have otherwise had to be tied to an office to all day just waiting for that one thing and overall just have a great time. So I think there's a couple ways to look at it and you know, you definitely want to make sure that you are not going overboard in either direction. But I personally had that kind of revelation over this 60-day European trip and even in my more recent San Diego trip, was just really like, man, I am super grateful for this. And moving into the next topic, um, as many of you know that have listened to any of our episodes before, we have a few physical products that have um, had massive success. The Freedom Journal was our first physical product back in 2016, did $450,000 in 33 days on Kickstarter, and has since gone on to just continue to sell a ton of uh, copies, not just on a on a monthly basis, on a daily basis. You know, we're averaging sometimes between 10 to 20 and even over the holidays, like 30 to 40 journals a day that we're selling, getting these beautiful journals into people's homes. We followed that up by the Mastery Journal, which did $280,000 in 33 days. And then we followed that up with, excuse me, 
a no launch, just so soft release of the podcast journal, um, which has done great. And we accompany uh, the journal with people joining Podcasters Paradise and you know the sales on Amazon have been very strong for that as well. And so we've just really seen the power um, and you know the also struggles of having these physical products. So that's just kind of a long way of saying that when I was approached by one of the biggest publishers out of New York City called Sterling Publishing, they wanted to collaborate with me on a journal. And one reason why I considered it when they uh, broached the subject with me was because they have access to get these journals into Barnes & Noble, into Target, into Indigo, which is Canada's version basically of Barnes and Noble. And so now for the first time, I was going to have this opportunity to have my name, my brand, my content in these type of stores where not necessarily my target market is currently hanging out right now. So I could really expand my brand and my influence of somebody that maybe wouldn't go onto Amazon or wouldn't know of my brand and go to, you know, thefreedomjournal.com, but would walk into Barnes and Noble or Target go to the journal section and be like, oh, that seems like a cool product. Let me check it out and then get brought into our hemisphere, our world in that way. So we collaborated with Sterling Publishing and back on November 6th, we officially launched the 100-Day Goal Journal. Essentially, what I did was take some of the greatness from the Freedom Journal, some of the greatness from the Mastery Journal, mash it together with a little bit of newness as well, and we collaborated to make this beautiful 100-Day Goal Journal. And so this is completely the Entrepreneurs on Fire brand. This is, you know, my name, John Lee Dumas, is on the cover and the binding. So this is a 100% product coming out of our world, but through a traditional publisher, Sterling, which again comes with those benefits that we talked about where they are getting it into those stores. Um, you know, We got an advance for this, which was nice as well. So getting paid up front. And then of course, I'll be getting every six months a royalty check depending on how the journal does actually sell, um, which again, that can be considered a pro and or a con because instead of right now, us getting essentially 100% of the profits after all expenses are taken out of our current journal sales, I'll be getting a much smaller percentage, but I'm not dealing with the storage. I'm not dealing with the customer uh, support. I'm not dealing with the logistical nightmare that can come with physical products. So that's why we went that direction. And a little sad announcement as well, um, they were actually so happy with the first um, one that came out on November 6th, the 100 Day Gold Journal, that we are now in talks of creating a second journal, which is going to be completely different. And it's going to be focused around your big idea. So if anybody's taken uh, your big idea training, you can get that over at yourbigidea.io. It's where I take you through in less than an hour how to get to your big idea. So we're taking the concepts there. Kate is actually the lead on this project and we're going to be creating a journal based around that if we end up getting it pushed through on Sterling's end as well. So look out for that announcement coming later. But right now, if you're ever walking by a Barnes & Noble or if you're in Canada and you're walking by an Indigo or you're walking by a Target and you roll on in, head on over to the journal section and see if my journal is in stock there. If it is, I'd love you to take a photo, tag me on Instagram. I will po I will positively and promise to repost that because I will be fired up to see that you've, you've gone ahead and done that. 
So I will definitely make that happen, but I would love to either you just share that photo with me via email or whatever way is best for you. Um, again, Instagram is an awesome way for me to be able to repost that quickly to my audience, which would be really cool. So if anybody gets in there, take, snap that photo. I'd love to see it wherever it might be, any of those stores that I named. And Kate, what was that other store that you were like, it's actually being featured in as well? It's kind of like more like a clothing store. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that some urban outfitters are urban sharing outfitters, it as well. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, there's some stores like Urban Outfitters and Anthropology that have some cool little um, unique journals that they sell like next to the cash register and stuff like that. So for whatever reason, I guess maybe through a partnership through the Sterling has that it's there as well. So you never know where you're going to see it. Just keep your eyes open for it. It's a beautiful black and gold looking journal. It just says 100 day gold journal on it. And again, it's taking some of the best from the freedom and some of the best from the mastery and combining them into awesomeness. So definitely uh, check that out. Anything you want to kind of add to this whole process, Kate? Just a big congratulations. I think it's so cool that this has actually happened. You've worked so hard on the freedom journal, so hard on the mastery journal. And it's really amazing that you're being recognized for that by Sterling. And yeah, you're in bookstores. That's so cool. Congrats. It is really cool. And something that I shared on my Instagram stories kind of recently was I went to the local Barnes and Noble in San Diego to see it. And I hadn't really even like thought of this specifically before I went into it. I just kind of like pulled up my Google Maps and like went to the closest Barnes and Noble on a lime scooter, which was quite an adventure and tons of fun. And as I walked into that Barnes and Noble, I was just like, Oh my God, I totally forgot. But three years ago, almost to the day, um, I was in this store buying just a bunch of journals from this store to take back to our place in San Diego to like go through these journals and to talk with Kate and with Richie Norton of Product, who you know we were collaborating with to create the Freedom Journal on like, what did I like? What didn't I like about these journals? Like, was this material good? Was that material good? Like, do we want hardcover, softcover? So I bought all these journals and then I went back to that Barnes and Noble, um, you know, again, three years later, you know, to see actually the 100 day gold journal um, at that store. Now, spoiler alert, unfortunately, although they did have a bunch on order. Um, there was none physically in the store. So that, that moment wasn't completed, uh, but uh, it would have been cool if it was. But you know, it's going to be there soon when they come in from their order. So next time I'm in San Diego, I'm going to make it happen. But anyways, um, anything else, Kate, before we move on to the actual income breakdown? Uh, well, I'm really glad that you kind of brought up some of the pros and cons with self-publishing and going with a publisher, because I think that's probably one of the biggest questions that people think about when it comes to writing and publishing a book. So I'm really glad that you reviewed some of those. Anyone out there who's thinking about writing a book, awesome. Um, now you have something to go off from in terms of pros and cons for self-publishing and going through a publisher. So awesome. Awesome stuff, Fire Nation. Well, listen, I'm going to be breaking into this killer November 2018's income breakdown when we get back from thanking our sponsor. Fire Nation, if you're going to create financial and lifestyle freedom, you need the right tools and support. For over four years now, I've been using ClickFunnels to create a business I love without being techie or hiring a huge team. In a nutshell, ClickFunnels gives you everything you need to market, sell, and deliver your products online without having to hire and rely on a tech team. That's why I love them. Best part, you can get a free 14-day trial right now to check it out for yourself. A few of my favorite ClickFunnels features, the simple drag-and-drop webpage editor, the ability 
ability to quickly build sales funnels that convert, the smart shopping cart with one-click upsells, email and Facebook marketing automation, and the fact that everything is organized on one simple dashboard. What's not to love? So whether you want to generate more leads, sell more products and services, run a webinar, or send more emails, ClickFunnels will make it super simple to do all that, plus so much more. Take my word for it and try ClickFunnels for free for 14 days. Make it a goal to create one funnel by the end of the week and you'll be amazed at how simple and fun it is. Next step, visit eofire.com slash click and sign up for that free 14-day trial. That's eofire.com slash click. Your future awaits. All right, so Fire Nation, we're back and I'm gonna be getting to some specifics of the income for 2018, uh, November specifically. Then of course, Kate's gonna just drop the value bombs with the biggest lesson learns of the month. So our product and service income was $106,000 for November. Um, that was highlighted from our journals, which uh, we did over 6,000, actually just under 7,000 for the Freedom Journal, uh, just under 5,000 for the Mastery Journal. And our nice little podcast Journal launch even did $1,323. So super cool. Uh, we brought in $15,000 for our upcoming event, Porto Palooza. That accounts for two seats at $7,500 each. Our uh, in-person mastermind, which takes place in Puerto Rico this February of 2019. And I will say, Fire Nation, that is officially sold out. So 2020 is your next opportunity to join us in Puerto Rico, but you can definitely get over to puertopalooza.com to check out the wait list for that. Podcasters Paradise, $27,679 for the month. And our podcast sponsorship revenue was $45,500. So big month in that area. Um, and then of course, um, somewhere we made no money, but we dropped a lot of value was our free courses. You know, we have your big idea, which is discovering your big idea in, in under an hour over at yourbigidea.io. We have freepodcastcourse.com. We have a free goals course, funnel on fire course. So definitely check all those out at eofire.com. We also brought in $38,000 in affiliate revenue. Um, our big one there was through ClickFunnels, which is actually today's sponsor. So you can check out eofire.com com slash click for a super deal and just to see how we generate so much revenue through our funnels it's through click funnels and we brought in just under twenty two thousand dollars for the month in that um, we also um, had some other great courses that we uh, recommended and promoted like Facebook Masters by Man uh, Manuel Suarez and Boost Blog Traffic by John Mora, which was just under two thousand dollars and that Facebook Masters was just under three thousand dollars so Definitely Fire Nation, go check out eofire.com slash income 63 because that's just going to take you to this page where all the links are. So if any of these courses that we recommend make sense to you, we have links for you there. And of course, these are courses that we know, that we like, that we trust, and that's why we've promoted them for show. So the total uh, gross income for all of November was $144,622. And our business expenses um, were about $25,000 total, actually just under $26,000 total. One thing for people that have been listening to a lot of income reports over like the last 20 or 30 income reports will have realized if you've been astute is our 
expenses have really, really dropped over the past really three to four months. Um, We've really been making that a focus for 2018 and going into 2019 is we've always run a very lean a very high net profit margin business. We always have from day one, but we are just ready and and just desirous of taking that to the next level. And we have really done that. I think, Kate, you deserve a big pat in the back for doing an amazing job getting us to where we're at business expense-wise right now. Um, it's just been a big focus of us, and it's just great, Fire Nation, to be able to keep the money that you make. And it's been a big focus for us. So when you go over to eofire.com slash income sixty three, you'll see all of our expenses and what's there. Believe me, we know what's there. We have looked at it and we have decided it is absolutely a necessary app or SaaS product or product or service that we need for our business. So definitely check those things out. And Kate, let's take it away with uh, the biggest lesson learned for November of 2018. Well, the biggest business lesson learned for this month had a lot to do with our travels. Um, I'm calling it seeing your business and life through a new lens because I feel like that's exactly what our trip allowed us to do. But I'll speak for myself, John, even though we had a lot of really um, in-depth and deep conversations about business and life while we were traveling. Um, But I know for me, it was just kind of a first that I not only took a step back from the business and and didn't have like some of the bigger, um, you know, stress points that sometimes I feel when I'm in the office, not that our business is like super stressful or anything. I mean, to your point, we've pulled back on a lot of stuff that has really, really helped a lot. Um, but it was kind of like our trip allowed me to um, see things from a different perspective, you know, not from the perspective of going from task to task, not from the perspective of, oh my gosh, I have to figure out how to take care of this, but from the perspective of, wow, we have full lifestyle freedom. We have location independence. We are so, so, so lucky to be able to do things like the 60-day European adventure. And it just allowed me to kind of take a step back, um, learn a lot of lessons that were definitely not planned, um, but I'm very grateful and uh, feel lucky that they did come. Um, And just one of those lessons, I'm actually going to be writing a post that goes um, pretty in-depth on all the lessons that I took away from our trip. But the one I want to talk about in today's income report is how our business is set up to run. And I think this is such an important topic for entrepreneurs because from the very start, I think it's really important that you are clear on what type of business you want to run. And I don't, I don't necessarily know that I thought too much about that when I joined the team at Entrepreneurs on Fire. You know, John, you and I had the same vision for this business. We had the same mission for this business. And I felt really good that we were on the same page about that and still are today. Um, And You know, we've had instances where we've proven to ourselves that our business is set up pretty darn well. Like we go to conferences, we travel for maybe a week or 10 days at a time. um, And with a little bit of upkeep here and there, you know, we're checking emails, we're on social media. Our business is still doing its thing, essentially without us. Um, We took two weeks off in 2014. We completely unplugged. And that was pretty early on in our business. So even back then, you know, we were kind of, 
I guess, letting ourselves know that our business was set up in a very beneficial way in terms of us being able to, um, you know, set up systems and have processes and automations that really help us keep our gross and net income at a high level, even if we're not sitting in our office. But this time was a little bit different because we literally were gone for 60 days. We maybe spent two of those 60 days, like legitimate full working days. Every single other day, the 58 days that we were gone, I would say maybe we were on the computer for an hour or an hour and a half. Um, you know, we barely touched the business, but honestly, when it comes to our bottom line, as anyone know who knows who's tuning in and listens to our income reports, um, it wasn't affected. Our bottom line wasn't affected. Our connection with our audience and us being able to keep our promise to our customers, I feel like we lived true to that promise that we came through with the connections that we have with our audience. And in some ways, maybe even more so because we were able to share something so personal with Fire Nation while we were away, you know, what it was like to be on a 60 day adventure like that. And um, I think that's well, I don't think, I know that that's an incredible feeling. And it makes you think pretty hard about what you do when you're at home and you're working eight hours a day, because obviously we don't need to be working eight hours a day. So it really forced me to consider how much of my time is spent working when I'm at home. Um, you know, whether that time is productive and meaningful to the business, or am, am I like creating busy work to, you know, feel justified or, or whatever it might be, you know, I'll dig way deeper into that stuff in, in another, in another episode. But um, again, this is just one of the lessons, you know, really taking a step back and not just saying like, oh, yeah, our business is set up to run and, and it's automated, a lot of it's automated, and we have systems in place, and we have an amazing team who helps us run our business. But you know, it really took it to a much deeper level, being gone for 60 days, seeing our business flourish and grow and, you know, our connection with our audience to continue strong as ever. Um, so I hope that for you, if you haven't considered what type of business you want to run, um, this made me insanely grateful that we run a business that is location independent, that allows us to do these sorts of things. So that's something that you are considering in the near future or the distant future. Uh, make sure that the actions you're taking today are setting you up for that. There's a lot of truth and awesomeness in what Kate just shared. One thing that was kind of coming up in my mind as she was talking is the reality of running a business like this. And, you know, Kate was sharing the absolute 100% truth of us, you know, really only having two full work days over the 60 days. Other times we're kind of doing like a morning check-in and an evening wrap-up, you know, keeping our online computer time to like 60 to 90 minutes. And then besides that, completely disconnected, exploring the cities that we're in, having fun, enjoying the different things that we have opportunities to enjoy while we're on this trip. Um, so what I would kind of maybe go and if I could kind of categorize what those two months were, I would call, kind of call that a coast. And what I mean by that is we do in our business right now, we've got it to the place where we have the ability to sprint and then coast. Because I will say, I look back at August, that was a sprint. I had to sprint. I had to put in some really long, really intense work days and I was sprinting. You know, my head was down. I was recording all the interviews while we were gone. We were setting up this and that and email campaigns and, and some things to sprint. And then that sprint allowed us, you know, to then go in coast for those 60 days that we were gone. And that coasting, you know, to me, like if I could maybe equate it to a sport, 
you kind of picture those speed skaters, you know, on those straightaways, they're going 100%. They're going all out. They're building up so much momentum during those straightaways. Then they hit that corner. They can't keep pumping because they'll fall. So what do they do? They stop and they dig in and they just coast and they're focused and they're still dialed in, but they're no longer in that sprint mode. And that's exactly how we've been running our business now for a significant amount of time where we've been able to have these sprints and then these coast periods. And I love that because I do operate well when I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to do today. This is my Super Bowl. Today is my day. I'm going to focus and I'm going to crush it. And I do. I love those days for certain levels. And then I love being looking at my calendar for the other six days of that week and say, wow, I barely have anything on my calendar. That's my coast time. So think about how you can kind of set your business up more, Fire Nation, in that sprint and coast method because there's been a lot of research has come out that those people that have that kind of slow burn where they're always at like a six or a seven work-wise, that's where the burnout happens. But when you're sometimes a nine and a 10, and then you can be a two or a three for the rest of the time, and you're giving your body that rest and that recuperation period that it needs, that freedom, that's good. Like we can operate like that. We can go all in for short periods of time for those short sprints, but then you have to have your systems and boss and, and set up and uh, setups and automations in a way where you can then coast. And a quick side note, Kate, like as I was doing a Lime scooter uh, through downtown San Diego just a couple days ago, cruising around, I, I looked up and I was like, wow, there's Union Bank. I can actually see Kate's old floor right there. <laughs> 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 memories. From the lime, I love it. Memories. But Fire Nation, that's the thing. No matter where you're at right now, the building the business of your dreams is possible. You know, we're making a big push right now for our listeners to join our newsletter because we are just sharing some incredible things, recaps of our audio masterclasses, sharing great opportunities. So if you're not currently part of the Fire Nation newsletter, head over to eofire.com. Sign up for the newsletter, get on that because we're going to be sharing some incredible value um, and we're going to make it happen. And I'll let Kate take us home on Income Report numero 63. Wow, 63 months, Fire Nation. That is a long time. We love every single day of it. And we're so grateful to be sharing it with you. Don't forget to head over to eofire.com. Join us on that newsletter list because as John said, we're kicking out some massive value over there. So we look forward to seeing you there.